Getting engaged is a moment worth cherishing. A one-of-a-kind ring that you design at Blue Nile can help your love sparkle. Just choose your diamond and setting. When you've found the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Finding the right engagement ring can be nerve-wracking. At Blue Nile, you'll have the expert guidance needed and a diamond guarantee that ensures you're getting the highest quality at the best price. Cherish all of life's moments and save up to 30% at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Welcome into the latest edition of ESPN FC. I'm Dan Thomas, joined in the studio today by Shaka Hislop and Stevie Nicker. We kick things off in Italy. What a statement from the league leaders. Napoli thrashing Juventus by five goals to one. Osman with a brace in a game that Napoli dominated from start to finish. It puts them now... 10 points clear at the top of the table. Juventus were on quite, quite the run coming into this tie. Napoli destroyed them and surely now are hot, hot favourites to go and win their first title since the 89-90 season. For more on this, let's welcome, shall we? Oh, what a time. What a beautiful time to have Alessandro Del Piero on. <laughs> uh, before we go to him, uh, let, let, let's start with Don because really this was something special from Napoli, Don. Dan, it was incredible. It was astonishing. Statement win against the Juve side who have won eight on the spin. Not only winning eight on the spin, eight clean sheets on the spin. So you're trying to gauge what type of game it's going to be. You think it might be tight. Victor Osterman showed up. I've been telling you for years, Dan, he's the best in the world. And he proved it tonight. He played against three Brazilian centre-backs in Danilo, Bremer and Alexandro. And he must have put them all in their backsides about 10 times in the game. The three of them were playing against a one-man wrecking machine because he was on fire. And Napoli, I mean, they scored five, Dan. In truth, they probably could, could have scored seven. In the end, it was comfortable for them. They were astonishing. 10 clear, 13 clear of Inter. They really were very special indeed. Uh, Alessandro, before we talk about Juventus, let's focus, shall we, on Napoli and how good they were over the 90 minutes today. Oh, they were super good, unfortunately for Juve, of course, but uh, the level of plays that uh, put in together is the same like uh, before the long break. So that is the most, uh, I think, most important uh, thing that came out from, the, from, from this game, from for Spalletti, because, you know, you, you go through steps. And uh, the first step for Napoli was showing to, Itali to the, uh, the rest of the Italian teams how good they were. And then the second step was coming back from the long break and with the big games and do it again. So this is the second step that is check for them. And it went in a most amazing way because uh, as Don say, they dominate the game. Juve has a bit of reaction after the 2-0. They came up to 2-1 with Di Maria. But uh, unfortunately, the Napoli tonight was too much for Juve. Did you see this coming in any sort of way, Don? Well, yeah. Well, I mean, I mean, I say yeah loosely because, as I said before, you're playing against the Juve side who've got eight clean sheets on the spin. But I've watched Napoli so many times, Dan, and they are so aggressive. They beat teams fours, five, sixes. It's what they do. They take they take teams apart early on in the game. Now, the pattern of the game, they scored inside 15 minutes. Osserman got his goal. Then Carvatskelia got his goal. So they went 2-0 in front. And now you're thinking right away from home, Juve got loads of experience. 
Allegri went with experience, dropped a few younger players because it was a difficult atmosphere to play in. Then Di Maria scored, got it back to 2-1, and you're thinking, right, this is a test. Then they go in at 2-1, but the second half, they've just got too much energy for anyone, Dan. You know, the way, you know, Carvet Skellier plays, the way Osserman plays, Lobotka in the middle of the park, Di Lorenzo, Mario Rui, all over the pitch, they've got aggressive players who want to get to the ball first, but they've got amazing runners, they've got amazing athletes. And you see the side there, I mean, Politano played, they all played well, to be fair, Zielinski, all of them. But when you've got Victor Osserman and Kavica Carvet Skellier on their game, two young lads who are ridiculously strong, really, really quick, powerful, aggressive, they can tear anyone in Europe apart. They're fun to watch, Stevie. The oh, swagger with, with that attacking lineup. It was fantastic. You know, I think I think most sides, when they get a little bit of space and time on the ball, uh, they can play. But what I liked about this Napoli side was when they got in and around the edge of the box, even with all the Juventus bodies that were there, the movement and the one-touch play particularly, I mean, it had, it had Juventus all over the shop. You know, Bremer coming in here was supposed to be one of the best centre-backs in Italian football. Mm. Well, the guy, not only did he have a shocker, but, but he was put under so much pressure that that's why, more than anything, he had a shocker. As Don said, Osiman gave him an absolute headache. But yeah, great to watch. From back, middle to front, just... Just a pleasure to watch. Even though Don pretends that he found him, we've been talking about Victor Osman a, yeah. a lot, obviously, yeah. over recent <laughs> years. And when you see him put in this sort of performance, the hype is very real. It, it is. Um, Osman was, was simply outstanding, as was Kravatskalia, who, I'll be honest, as, as, a, as a pairing, as a tandem, those two are as good in, in football as, as, as anybody, any other pairing in, in, in the world right now. And, and it should. And, and Steve is right. You look at Juventus' uh, centre-backs, the three across the back, Sandro, Danilo, Bremer, looked decidedly average. Um, and that's putting it as nicely as I, as I possibly can. Even when in the second half, Costa started to drop back in, they simply had no answer for anything that Napoli did, for the tempo they played with, for the way they got bodies forward, and, and for the understanding behind Cavascalia and, and, and Ossiman. Uh, this really was a, a decisive display by, by Napoli that Juventus simply couldn't have and, and didn't find an answer for. They had a moment. I, I thought when Napoli scored first, you'd get a response from, from Juventus. You didn't. Napoli then doubled their lead, and that's when Juventus started to play football. And they were good for, for the 2-1 for the um, with Di Maria. And up until Napoli got the third goal, I thought Juventus looked like they, they could threaten. But once that third goal went in, then it, it was over as a contest. And, and in truth, five, I can almost say, flattered Juventus. Every Napoli side you feel since 1990 has been living in the shadow of Maradona and that team, of course, who last won the league. They've been so close on so many different occasions, Alessandro. Just try and put into words what it would mean to Naples, to, to the city, to the club, if they can go on and win it all this season. Well, it means a lot. I mean, Napoli is a very particular city in Italy. And, uh, you know, being short many times in the past years wasn't, the, wasn't enough for them to be honest you know because uh, but they they always think you know because we had maradona well we we won because of him and because of this amazing team that play with him and a lot of amazing players that play with maradona to be honest but 
Lately, Napoli consistently is in the Champions League uh, group stage. It's finished in the top four. He changed different coaches. You know, we, we can remember Benitez, Ancelotti, Sarri. With all of them, they played super well. Spalletti now give them something more. When I was talking at the beginning about steps, steps is a step of mentality. And this, and at this point of the, of the time of the of the league, Napoli not only the players play with joy, they play with energy, they falling mentally and 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 physically in what they are doing, but they are also feeling that something something's changed now, uh, and and this is the beauty because when they play 100% like tonight. Nobody can resist them. And we saw in the Champions League as well, not only in the Italian League. So if you want to face them and have a chance, they need to perform 60 70%. And you need to perform 100%. And this is the maximum level that, because they've been through, uh, they missed Ozime for a couple of months and they came up, mm. Simeone was scoring a lot of goals. So they have, when you have a team that also substitutes, make you not, I want to say even better, but equal that <laughs> the first 11 oh this is because the club works very well and to be honest spalletti works very very well works very very well because we, we we need to give him you know a big round of applause because this napoli play astonishingly they're gonna do it aren't they don they should do it they can't muck it up mm. they well, can't uh, and they shouldn't uh, because they're too good um but the pressure is going to mount down because, as Alessandro said, you know, they've not won the title since 89-90. The pressure's on. And when you've got a 10-point lead, you know, everyone's going to look at Napoli being favourites, which quite rightly they are. But it's a case of how many horses can you take out the equation. Inter, in my, in my opinion tonight, are 13 points as it stands behind. So you'd like to think they've got too much on them. Uh, you know, Napoli are still in the race. I, I, I've never had Juve been in the race, Dan. I think I, we, I was on the show about three, four months ago when there were 16 points behind, and I didn't even think they made top four. So the job that Allegri's done to get them into second is astonishing, absolutely astonishing. So the pressure's now on on Milan, really. Can they can they be flawless? Let's check the weekend. They've got to make sure they beat them, and they've got to make sure that every single weekend, AC Milan. Juve, Inter are absolutely flawless because if they start dropping points and Napoli go 12, 13, 14, no one's going to catch them. And so can the players deal with this pressure? Because we know it is going to intensify as we get closer to the finish line. But that's the, the next step for them, you know. There's two more steps from my point of view. The first one, how much they can handle this pressure, you know, to be top on the table and to get... I mean, we're pretty far away. We, we need to consider also that one. There's many, many games to play. But handle the pressure to be on top of the table and to go closer and closer to the target, now it's too early, to be honest. And the other step, very important for them, when the Champions League restarted. Because I think in the a, in a mind of a player like, like Napoli now, they say, well, guys, we're playing so good, everything is going so well. Well, we can even look into win everything. Mm. So let's see how they can handle it, you know, because Champions League, round of 16, quarterfinals, is going to be a, a huge, huge thing in terms of mental, 
you know, in terms of uh, what is inside you, not only the physical part, but mentally it's going to involve you a lot. So, but now you don't want to stop dreaming. So let's dream. You know, after that you score five goals at Juve, you know, you can think about everything. So it's the work of Spalletti that need to bring every, everybody down a little bit, calm down and keep focus on the on result. Day by day, step by step, Sunday by Sunday, Wednesday by Wednesday, or whatever is the game on. So a dream for Napoli, of course, a nightmare. 90 minutes for your old side, Juventus, Alessandro. Where did it go so badly wrong today? Well, we are talking about two different different kind of of plays and games and tactical side. You know, uh, Napoli is fully dominion of the game, possession, one-touch game, you know, play together. Uh, and then, of course, in this picture, stars shine, like tonight, Ozimel or Kvara as well, Lobovka, and, and, you know, a lot of players played very well. But on the other side, Juve is, is a different structure uh, team. And, you know, and uh, as Don say, you know, a few months ago, they were even more. So, you know, if if I'm I'm thinking about Allegri now responding of, of question you know, how this is happened. And so the question for Allegri is gonna be for sure, you know, it's better lose one game five by five goals than losing five games by one. And this is his kind of mentality. So he's gonna go back and say, Okay guys, this is a very sad and bad page that we need to turn now and restart again. But Juve is in a position really, really tough. You know what happened. You know, in the past months with the with with, with the owner and the president and all the staff. You know, they gone through a lot of things. So uh, they need to to think about this game like you know what. It's done. They are better tonight. Let's move forward. Let's win another straight five, six game. One zero, two zero, two one. Like we can do, because this is the Juve. You cannot pretend too much, you know. They, all, they don't even have a Pogba yet, you know. The, Di Maria came back just now, you know. It was a lot of injury in the first part of the, of the tournament. Chiesa as well. So this is three game player for them. So important for this kind of team, like, like they build the team. So... Do you agree? Go on, Alessandro, sorry. No, it's it's uh, it's of course on my side. It's a little bit sad, you know. See, after the game like this, you know, completely dominated from from the other team, uh, it's 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 not good at all. But you know, it's, this is this is football sometimes, and you need to turn the page. That's the only thing to do to do, uh, and and quickly as possible, hoping that you have a game in two days so you can prove that everything that happened today is wrong, and it is just a bad day. This is where we are for Juventus, Don. You just have to take it as a bad day and move on, beaten by a much better side. Yeah, I think so. I mean, you know, analysing the game, there was so many of their experienced players couldn't get into the game. As I said before, the back three got bullied. Uh, Locatelli couldn't really get in the game. Uh, Weston McKennie couldn't make no impact. I felt a little bit sorry for Chiesa, his first start for a long time. I think 12 months, I think, his first start. Kostic on the other side playing as sort of wide wing-backs. They couldn't really get in the game because Napoli were 
overloading them. They're missing lots of players, like Alexandro said. Dusan Vlavic is a major miss. Um, but I think it's one of them, Dan. Sometimes, and Stevie might tell you as being a manager coach, some, some games you can look at the analysis and you can watch it. Sometimes you've just got to bury it. And I think that's what Max Allegri might do. He might just look at that tonight. He might even look at it tomorrow. He might not even show the players. And he might just bury it. But they've got a major game coming up next. They've got Atalanta next. So they've got mm. to make sure they get back in that winning horse. And what you want to do as well, Dan, when you've been eight unbeaten and you've put a mini run together, then you get smashed up Napoli tonight. You, you say as a manager or a coach, right, let's set a target. The next four games we go unbeaten. That's our mini target. Four wins on the spin or whatever it is, but let's not lose a game in four or five, whatever the number might be. So the Atalanta game now for Juve is going to be really uh, full of pressure. Where are we for a successful season for Juventus, Alessandra? Is it top four? Would that be regarded as, as a good campaign considering how they started? Well, considering everything that happened in Juve till now, yeah, it's going to be a, a, a good result. It's sad to say because, you know, in Juve, you only go for the big ticket. Mm. You only go for the win the title. But you need also to be honest that till now was a, was a injury after injury, and problems after problems, you know, a headache after headache. You know, that wasn't even this seven game straight win wasn't a good moment. You know, you lose. Players, you don't have full recovery from Chiesa. It's the first game tonight, from the from the first uh, eleven in the first eleven. Pogba is not even yet come back yet. I mean, uh, so to be realistic, arrive in the first four is going to be a good result this year for you there. Uh, Alessandro, this, of course, is your first show that you've been on with us since the passing of Gianluca Vialli, a player that you knew well. Of course, you won the Champions League with him at Juventus, uh, played it at international level alongside him as well. Um, I just want you to have the platform just to, to share some memories that you have of playing with Luca. Well, uh, it's, it's so sad what happened to Luca, you know, and... Um... To be honest, it's uh, it's it's uh, still very difficult to to tell some funny story that we used we used to say uh, when I was a little kid because I joined Juventus when I was 18, uh, and to be in a team with him with Roberto Baggio was an amazing feeling for an Italian. You know, the best striker that you can have, the best people that represent Italy in those in that period. And, you know, having Luca all the time on my side, you know, and uh, and scoring probably the winning the game that, you know, changed our our year at Juve when we won against Fiorentina. And, you know, I was always happy to remember my God the last minute, but because we won 3-2 and we were down 2-0, but the other two goals were Luca was made by Luca and, and, and Luca was truly a captain for us inside and outside the field. In that game, we scored 2-2 and, and we were so happy, uh, but he went to take the ball and come back from the middle of the field and say, we're going to win this game. And we were, we will follow him, you know, because of his way to to participate inside the team. He was to involve the players, even me that was you know, literally 18, 19, the youngest on the team. So 
and uh, and was truly blessed for me, you know, be with him, you know, and still considering him my captain and our captain, and uh, of course the way that he faced this period was uh, incredible, with so much strain and enjoy in the meantime that uh, it's something that was really shocked me in a very positive way because uh, you know when you have that kind of disease you know that you don't have a lot of chances you know so but he always has a smile for everyone he always has a a good word for everyone and what he did with the national team in euro 2020 was was some kind of connection with the with the sky with the world of football in Italy what that what it means for us as Italians and and uh, you know it's a big loss for for everybody uh, is a is a huge loss Alessandro I appreciate it I appreciate it a lot thank you very much for for speaking so honestly and from the heart about Luca Viali who of course passed away uh, this month as he lost his battle with cancer at the age of 58. Well, just a reminder, plenty of content over on our YouTube channel. Be sure to go over and subscribe to ESPN FC. During Dell Tech Fest, score game-changing innovations with limited-time deals on select next-gen Alienware gaming tech. New dimensions await with advanced gaming systems like the Alienware M18 laptop powered by an Intel Core i9 processor featuring awe-inspiring visuals, liquid cooling, three-dimensional audio with Dolby Atmos and impressive overclocking potential. Plus, build your dream setup with great deals on select gaming monitors, mice and more must-have electronics and accessories. When you shop online at alienware.com deals, you'll have access to leading-edge gaming technology to conquer the competition and free shipping on everything. Amazing prices await you for a limited time only at alienware.com slash deals. That's alienware.com slash deals. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't a search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work, use Indeed for scheduling, screening and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash FC. Just go to Indeed.com slash FC right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on the podcast. Indeed.com slash FC, terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Passion, drive and patience. What brings home the winning trophy is also what keeps your ride or die alive. 
eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. From superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more, whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has got you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to turn your car into the MVP and bring home that win. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Edge license only. Exclusions apply. A cracking weekend of a Premier League action dominated by local derbies. Later on, we'll focus on Spurs against Arsenal. But first, there's a little matter of the Manchester derby as United take on City at Old Trafford. And things have changed slightly, haven't they, as the season has progressed regarding the status of these two sides. City still favourites to take all three points, but not as big as maybe we'd expect earlier on in the campaign. Don's still with us. Jan Argafjortov joins us as well. Jan, that big Norwegian's come in and ruined everything at City. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. <laughs> that, that is... That is everything that happened wrong with, with Manchester City this season. Now, uh, but but as you said, it's going to be this is going to be a very open game, and uh, I, I'm impressed by Manchester United how Ten Hag has turned around, and we we've had some uh, intense discussions here on uh, on the show. We were discussing, and there were some guests who are not there today saying, "No, no, this is not so important. That you're only playing bad uh, teams." But they won eight in a row now, haven't they? So if if they should end up winning against Manchester City, it won't be seen as a surprise. A couple of months ago it would be sensational what's wrong with City Stevie I think he's tinkering too much right you know it's it's really really difficult as a coach to get your team to play a certain way to not only dominate but outplay teams week in and week out so I don't understand why you start touching it right why, you know I, I understand if if you you start not getting the results you want, playing that way, then you you kind of tinker with it just to sort of encourage everybody to take a, a step forward. I don't understand when you are playing a certain way and you've got partnerships, particularly, you know, partnerships all over the field that are playing well together in different areas, and you start messing with it for no apparent reason when you're winning. That doesn't make any sense to me. So. When things don't go your way and you're tinkering with what has gotten you to the position you're in, then you've kind of got yourself to blame. Do you agree, Don? A little bit, but I wouldn't read too much into the Southampton performance. I mean, Haaland on the bench, De Bruyne on the bench, Rodri on the bench, Calvin Phillips and one or two others proved that they're not going to get too many more starts. I think under Guardiola, his top men were on the bench. It's a game that they've got to react in. It's a game where you know City will react. That quality that I've mentioned. I mean, you mentioned Haaland. I mean, he'll probably come up, he'll probably start and score a couple of goals, but they were nowhere near it in this game. Momentum went away from them. They weren't even that good to watch, in truth. Goalkeeper all over the place. Got no idea where the goalkeeper is. Great finish from Gineppo. But Ilkay Gundogan got interviewed yesterday, Dan, and he said something that was very interesting. He said they've lost their sort of... I'm paraphrasing slightly, but he said they've lost their appetite yeah. and they've, 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 they've lost their spark. And I'm, I don't think I've ever heard Gundogan or a Man City 
player say that under Guardiola or a Bayern Munich player or a Barca player. So maybe, I don't know if it's a World Cup thing or they're not playing great or they haven't got their settled 11. I don't know what it is, but what I do know is I'm pretty sure and I'm confident they'll react against Man United. Do you have that same confidence, Shane? Um, I, have, I have confidence that, that City will react against Manchester United just because they have to. And, and, and I think this is a City team that when they've needed a result in the league, they, they, they've got it. I, I think part of the issue is, and, and not for the first time we've criticised or we've accused Pep of this, not for the first time as City manager or anywhere else he, he's been, of just overthinking things somewhat. Listen, he, he's spoiled for choices yeah. like no other manager in world football uh, at City. And he's trying to play a balancing act with how many minutes people play and how he rotates his squad, when, to Stevie's point, sometimes the best thing is just put your best 11 out there and let them play. And let the back end of the season, and we all know how important the Champions League is to Manchester City and how they, they've come unstuck, let that part figure itself out. Right now is not the time to be worrying about who's got minutes and the World Cup break and everything else that, that has gone, in, gone into this season. Pick your best 11, let them play, let them find a rhythm. You can bring others in and out without too much disruption. But he seems to be his, worst, his own worst enemy at times. But this result at Derby is probably exactly the game they need to respond. Stevie, Shaka and Don all going for a 2-1 victory for Manchester City. Jan thinks it's going to be 2-1 for United. Why, Jan? Because I like their shape, uh, I like the way that they can still play at home when Old Trafford won't expect them to be a magnificent team. They can play more on on, on the opposition. I mean, Manchester United traditionally have to make the game. They, they don't do that as much as they used to do. They got some players in form uh, with, with Rashford being brilliant and they have stopped conceding goals, which which has been very impressive. And I'm looking forward to the, the big duel there with Martinez and Varane, whoever tried to stop uh, Erling Haaland, which they didn't make in the, the first game with 6-3 in October. Uh, but. So I, I can see Manchester United winning this because uh, I think that the, um, the basic for this game is that City got to win. Manchester United will, yeah, they could win. And I think that is a great way to, to start at Old Trafford with that, uh, with that basic in the, in the game. Ten Hag, he has impressed me. He, the way he's turned around his team, that is one of the coaching performances this season. Why are you saying that Jan is so wrong, Don? <laughs> uh, just because of the quality that City have got um, and they rested so many players for the Southampton game Jan's right in bringing up the 6-3 the 6-3 was never a 6-3 it was a it was a 6-0 or a 6-1 until City just took their foot off the gas and allowed Man United to score a couple of goals which flattered Man United so listen I, I, I look at both sides I look at someone like Rashford who's in form so possibly he could score but when you've got Erlen Haaland you've got De Bruyne you got Mares, Grealish is out of form, so I can't imagine him starting. Foden, there's so many quality players that if they're in the groove, they'll turn Man United over easily. I don't think it'll be easily because Man United have improved massively since the 6-3. But in my opinion, I still think Man City are favourites. Uh, so that's obviously the big derby that we're going to see on Saturday. And then on Sunday, the North London derby. Spurs taking on Arsenal. Arsenal go into this game, of course, top of the table. So many questions uh, surrounding Spurs. Who are... Oh, let me do the quick maths. Yeah, they are indeed. The outsiders going into this Arsenal 
favourites to take all three points uh, from Tottenham Stadium. Is this going to be the same old game, Don? Is Arsenal going to be 2-0 up at half-time, Spurs wake up, and then we're going to have a frantic second half? <laughs> Probably. Probably, because that's the script that, you know, Tottenham are, are, are playing this season. It's ludicrous. They just go one behind, if not two behind, and they try and have a reaction. I mean, granted, I, I was co commenting on the game when they played uh, Crystal Palace, and they went, went in at half-time at 0-0, and I thought, well, that's a result for Tottenham going in at 0-0. Second half, they turned it on and won four. So it'll be the same Antonio Conte uh, tactics. It'll be defensive. And I remember the reverse fixture. And I remember watching the game thinking, I can't remember the last time a North London derby, asked, uh, sorry, Tottenham, went really, really deep after about five minutes, 10 minutes, 15 minutes. And we're just sort of happy just to try and smother Arsenal. And Arsenal won 3-1, could have been a lot more. I just see the same sort of script. I see, I see Tottenham being defensive, might have a reaction, but I think Arsenal have got too much for them. Uh, let's take a look at the predictions, shall we? Let's see how everyone thinks this one is going to go. The bookies obviously have Arsenal as favourites. Spurs coming into this game. Uh, outsiders take all three points and try and somewhat scupper uh, Arsenal's title chase. Wow. Look at that. Get your money on Spurs, everyone. Shaka, <laughs> <laughs> uh, you're going to go for a convincing Arsenal win. Well, didn't you change your mind? What did you go I for did. initially? I, I was initially thinking Spurs could <laughs> somehow surprise them, and then the more I thought about it, the less likely... How much like, thought did you give that? A, a whole lot, Dan. Oh, wow. Trust me. Wow. But the more I thought about it, the, the less I, I thought it was likely. I, I just... I just don't see, the more I look at, at, at Spurs' rear guard, I just don't see them, well, not just keeping a clean sheet, yeah. I, I just don't see them conceding, conceding a lot. And while Spurs have, did score four against Palace, I just don't see them scoring that many in response against Arsenal. Take us through your thought process, because you changed your mind as well, didn't you? I, did, I, went, I went for yeah, two, what was two. that about? <laughs> but, then, but then the more I thought about it, I'm like, you can't, you can't, you can't sit back and ask Arsenal to come at you. Right. Because they score, they, they make too many chances, they score too many goals. And you're asking for trouble. And you kind of stole me thunder when you said, oh. well, they'll be 2 0 down, Tottenham oh. will come back. And, I, and that's kind of what I'm thinking. They probably will be 2 down, they'll come back to 2 2, and Arsenal will win 3 2. I mean, but... I just don't see how you can sit back and ask a side like Arsenal, who right now are flying who both as a unit, as a team, as individuals, are all pretty much at the top of the game, and you're going to ask them to come at you. I, I, I know that's what Spurs do. I know they probably can't do anything else, but it's just a recipe for disaster. Sorry for stealing we're, your thunder, Steve. Yeah, don't we're, do it again. Uh, go on, yeah. But uh, now, we, I'm just saying that, I mean, I, I'm an, I have an Arsenal fan at home, or my son is an Arsenal fan. He's been desperate since he was five to 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 see something happening at, at Arsenal. But all Arsenal fans are waiting for that game. When will this bubble? When when will it happen? When will, do we break down? I mean, that could be the chance for this Tottenham game. They could go there and so on and so on. The problem is that Steve is talking about it as well. We know that Arsenal will play this game. Well, we no idea who who their opposition will be. Will that be this bad Tottenham team or the good Tottenham team? We have no idea, and it's a it's a very interesting, it's an interesting for for for, for me and and who who else said United? It was you, Dan, saying United is going to win this game because if if Arsenal win, then they will go in an eight-point lead again, doing it uh, at Spurs and so on, and and it's going to be. A, 
I, I, can I say unbelievable, Dan? Can I see say that? Is you still no, on? but say it properly. It's, don't just don't just downplay it. No, no, no. It's going to be an unbelievable weekend, and I'm so glad to be part of that unbelievable weekend. No, that's good, Don. You think? I think you've gone for just the one goal in this game, Don. Yeah. Yeah, uh, I mean, I love, I love the fact that the lads gone, both the lads have said, yeah, I was going to go this, this scoreline, I was going to do this, I was going to do... <laughs> and then I thought about it and I thought, no, 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 no I'm not going to do yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. No, I just went with 1-0, it'll be tight. Uh, Antonio Conte's men will be deep, so there won't be much room. This is what I'm trying to imagine the, the scenario going to be. He's going to try and make it a nil-nil game and then somehow with a little bit of magic from Saka or Erdegaard, or maybe a long-distance effort from Thomas Partey, they'll just get over the line. So a tight 1-0 win. Uh, elsewhere, you've got Liverpool away against Brighton. Liverpool go into that tie as favourites on the south coast to get the victory and try and just get a little bit of momentum going. But Jurgen Klopp, not happy at the moment, was oh, yeah. rude to Nadem, of course, last weekend. <laughs> Wasn't happy at a journalist asking him about whether or not he's going to spend some money this month. But come on. Now I have to tell you again of the money story. Really, oh, really? do I have to tell it again? And you, 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 that's why. What could be the reason that we have money like crazy, but we don't buy the players even when they are available? That's what you think of me after all the years. So why buy you ask a question where the answer lies on a table? I really don't understand that. I really don't understand that. Yeah, and you've dealt with Klopp more than any of us, obviously, post-match interviews. People are starting to suggest that cracks are appearing because of the pressure that he's starting to be under. No, I don't think so. I think that when he started this season, after coming back from, from last season, when they were competing for four trophies, uh, I think that uh, Klopp wanted to be... He is the biggest ambassador this club has got. There is all these kinds of happening uh, throughout the club with how much money do they have, uh, ownership and everything. And at the start of the season, he was very diplomatic. He was the greatest ambassador this club can have. And he still is the most important uh, ambassador this club uh, has got. But for a football manager... He's the only talking about that. He's the only twice or three times a week. He has to make a statement of this and that of all around the club. And he's, he's living through this press conference. He's there. He's 100% there. And if, if, if club goes 5% down in enthusiasm and charisma, charisma whatever, we, we, we see it straight away. I mean, there are managers in the English league. We don't know if they're dead or alive when they're at the press conference. And club <laughs> is 100% there. And he's a fantastic uh, ambassador for this club. And he's the only one speaking there. Can you imagine this pressure that he, he's having? So now, don't be worried about club. He, he will sort Liverpool out. Yeah, I'm with, I'm with you, Sometimes people just ask you stupid questions. And unfortunately, and unfortunately, because he's pretty good at that. The fact he's a master. How dare you? No, sometimes people just ask you stupid questions, and yeah, but in the, and if you're not sitting at the top of the league, if right. you're Jurgen Klopp that, and that's Liverpool, the difference, isn't then it? everybody will go, "Oh, he's a bit prickly now." Well, he is prickly because he's not prickly when he's winning. How about it's just a stupid question, and maybe it's not a stupid question, but maybe it's a question he's been asked. 1,000 times previously in the, next, in the last three days and you just have enough of it. Right. That, that would be my take on it. 
right now. Uh, let's take a look at the predictions, shall we, uh, for this game. So you're going for a Liverpool win with him? No. <laughs> <laughs> I think I went for, I went for a draw, didn't I? Uh, yeah, everyone's got for well, a draw apart from Don. I'm, 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 wow. struggling to, I'm struggling to confidently say Liverpool are going to win away from home, number one, and right. two, yeah. against the Brighton side, who've lost one in, what, eight? Something like that. Wow. So, it's difficult to go with any confidence. And... Yes, they'll score some goals, but guess what? Surprise, surprise, they're going to let goals in. That's why I've gone for the 2-2. Don, you're the only one going for a Liverpool win. I know, my glass is half full, Dan. I think Salah will turn it on, and the main reason for that, I know Brighton are a good side, and I respect their side, and I respect the Jerby. Fantastic coach. But looking at the individuals, there's only one player that would get in the Liverpool side that has played for Brighton, and that's Caicedo. So but couldn't we have I'm said that before about Brentford? McAllister's just won the World Cup and Liverpool are struggling in the middle oh, of the park. Oh, don't give me that, Stevie. Don't give, don't give me the old World Cup one. Otamendi's just won the World Cup. One of the worst defenders out there. So, you can win so a World Cup, you can win so a Champions League, you can win a Premier League, you can still be a bad player. But he just, he's just lucky that he was on the uh, Argentina side. Yeah, so you lucky. tell me McAllister no, wouldn't get a game. If you, if, <laughs> if, if, it's if it's you an easy question. If you want to negative on it then, it's if you want to have question. a negative on it from a bright, if you want to have no, a negative no, on it from a bright no, point I'm of just, view, no, I'm just going to ask a no, question. No, no, no. Are you telling me McAllister wouldn't get in Liverpool's midfield right now? Not their strongest midfield, no. No, but in midfield now, Dan, you I don't have think to so. agree the now. Midfield, what's McAllister, well, what's the strongest I mean, midfield? No. Exactly. Exactly. There is Fabinho, a, there in my form. opinion, the strongest midfield is Thiago Henderson Tiago Alcantara, who can't defend to, to save his life. You've got Jones. So you're going to put McAllister in for are you Thiago? Telling me, are you telling me all of them are playing better than McAllister right now, whether it's for Brighton no, or Argentina? No, they're probably Argentina. not playing better, no, but I wouldn't... Oh, well, there no, you go. They're not, they're not playing, playing better right so now. Why would, so why would McAllister not dis- get in the team? If McAllister's playing better than them, why would, they, why would he not get in the Liverpool team right now? Explain that. Right, let me explain. I wouldn't right. just dismiss Jordan Henderson and Fabinho because someone is playing better elsewhere at this present time. Longevity is key, Stevie. Fabinho's been one of the best holding midfield players in world football for years. Granted, he's not, he's not in the form of his life this season, nor is Hendo. But what I would say is I wouldn't just, I wouldn't just dismiss players. De Gerbe so came out today, Stevie, and said Lissandro Trossard is not going to be part game? of the squad when are we playing for this disciplinary game? reasons. So that's We're a playing this for them, game this weekend. that's banging form. Don, the game's played this weekend. So absolutely it's about who's playing well and who's not. So so you've just said that McAllister wouldn't get in the team, even though he's playing better than any of Liverpool's midfielders. Don't make a lot of sense. I stand by it. I stand by it. I think Caicedo, maybe Matoma, the two guys that are banging form, there's an argument. But maybe in my humble opinion, I think Caicedo is the only Brighton player that gets in the Liverpool strongest eleven. I do oh, like strong. this civil war at Liverpool, uh, <laughs> Stevie Nicol against Don Hutchinson. I love that. But, but, but I mean, uh, Dan, uh, Dan, you haven't learned a lot from Howard Kendall. He would put McAllister in the team now ahead of some midfielders at Liverpool. Every midfielder in the whole world is linked to, to Liverpool at the moment. Yeah. So I don't think they do. Yeah. I don't well, think you can of, say that. Yeah, talking of every midfield of, player that was linked with Liverpool, right? Amrabat had a brilliant World Cup. Would you agree? Yeah, absolutely. Been bang yeah. average for Fiorentina for two years. 
I'd never sign a player off the back of a World Cup. No, no, yeah. that, that is that is true. But you're, you said to Stevie Nicol that there is no, just one player will get into this team. You can't do that on old merit. You have to do it on the form for this weekend, don't you? I, I, I stand by that, Jan. I stand by that. That's why Liverpool are interested in Caicedo. I stand by that. I think Liverpool's strongest 11. No, no disrespect to McAllister. Brilliant player for Brighton. But you know what it's like when you go and play for a club the size of Liverpool. Yeah, but that is another oh. discussion. That's another discussion, Don. Yeah, that's not what we're talking about. I'm Get your money on a McAllister winner this weekend. <laughs> <laughs> it's almost definitely going to happen. Or a Curtis Jones winner. Or a Curtis oh. Jones winner. And then you go, meh, Curtis Jones just as good. Oh, Whoa. Oh, okay. oh, no. Don, I was just oh, about to move Don. on and you had to drop oh, that. <laughs> you know what? I mean, you know what? You were actually losing on points, right? And you still had a chance in the last Taxi. round because you just got knocked out. <laughs> just punched yourself in the just knocked the yourself out. <laughs> oh, sorry. OK, uh, let's take a look at all the other games uh, this weekend. As we mentioned, big ties all across the board. Uh, it should be an entertaining uh, couple of days in the Prem. Some big games, of course, at the bottom of uh, the the table as well as Wolves take on West Ham. Forest are going to continue their resurgence as they take on Leicester. Everton against Southampton. Oh, Saints, of course, going oh, oh. at the back of the win against City. Uh, Brentford against Bournemouth. It's Chelsea Palace, Newcastle Fulham and Spurs against Arsenal. Jan will be back for extra time where he can chuck in his two pennies along with Don and his anti-McAllister ways. <laughs> Shaka and Stevie as well. Be sure to join us on our YouTube channel. Ten seconds on the clock. How many things can you name that are always growing? Your relationships. Your skills. Your customer base. How about businesses on Shopify? <laughs> Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the Launch Your Online Shop stage, to the First Real Life Store stage, all the way to the Did We Just Hit a Million Orders stage, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash network, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash network now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash network. <clears throat> ESPN Tournament Challenge is here. And guess what? I'm doing my bracket right now, making picks, predicting upsets, winning my bracket group, and leaving my old life as a part-time voice actor behind. Hey, you never know. And if I can do it while recording this awesome commercial, you can too. Anyone can bracket. Download the ESPN Tournament Challenge app to play the number one bracket game. Presented by Allstate. Reggie White, who's a defensive end for the Green Bay Packers, says that the firebombing of his church in Knoxville, Tennessee this week was the work of racists who may have been trying to hurt him. First there was one fire, then there was another, then there was another. It wasn't just Reggie's church that burnt down. Hundreds of churches burned in the 90s. I think we have a major problem in our country that we don't want to admit, and that has to do with racism. Was this 1996 or 1956? 30 for 30 podcast and Antsgate presents Through the Flames. Listen now wherever you get your podcasts. Uh, meanwhile, Cristiano Ronaldo hanging around with uh, Carlo Ancelotti and some of the Real Madrid side. Of course, they're in Saudi Arabia ahead of the final of the Spanish Super Cup. Roberto Carlos there as well. Uh, we saw Rodrigo post the picture saying that it was great to meet his idol. Uh, Vinicius Jr. posing with him as well. Lovely. Lovely scenes, everyone. Um, there you are. Militao. 
hanging around. That's good. Uh, I don't know if he'll why be would, in. Why would he get a picture with him? Well, why what? wouldn't you? It's nice, Stevie. We used to play with him. Get a nice picture. There it is. Uh, Real Madrid against <laughs> Barcelona in the Spanish Super Cup. I don't know if Ronaldo will be there in attendance taking pictures. Uh, coverage starts 1.30 Eastern on ABC. Uh, meanwhile, the uh, top players, the U.S. soccer has been named of the year. Tyler Adams, no surprise, getting the majority of the vote, 71%, as he is the player of 2022. I'm sure they'll be discussing that on the next edition of Football Americas. You can check that out on ESPN+. Plus. The latest one, some really good interviews uh, is there with the, some MLS players ahead of the start of the new season. And that, that is it then. That brings us to the end of today's show. Stevie, incandescent with rage that Ronaldo's <laughs> taking pictures with people. It's not happy. It's a little weird. Thing. Take a picture with uh, ah, Be sure to stay tuned. Extra time is next. Yann and Don are back. What do you want a picture for? Welcome into the latest edition of Extra Time. Thank you very much, as always, for your questions. Shaq is here, as is Stevie, Don as well. Uh, Jan, where are you? In the Lowry again? You in Manchester? I am in Manchester. I'm probably the poshest to tell in Manchester, as I'm used to. Oh, very nice. There you go. <laughs> End of the derby. <laughs> I don't know where he is. Top secret. It's top secret. You go and tell us. Oh, here we go. We, can, we, we, know, we know exactly what the answer to this question is already, as we asked Don it. Favourite player to watch outside the Premier League, Don? I wonder who that could possibly be. Centre forward. Victor Center forward. Awesome there you go. <laughs> yeah. I, I, the best the number nine in world claims football. that he discovered. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Two years ago. I've been telling you all about Ossiman since he was I four remember he was seven years old and yeah, I saw him see, play. That's you, and you were ready. Uh, Jan, who's your favourite player to watch outside the Premier League? I would... Could, we, could I say Jude Bellingham? Or is that too obvious for everybody? No, you can Jude say whoever you want, John. Uh, John, Jude John Bellingham. whatever your name is. Uh, uh, John, John or John. <laughs> uh, what I, I'm, I'm, when I see Don now, I'm just thinking of him with this, uh, that he means that McAllister of Brighton is he, he's worse than Gary McAllister now uh, playing for Liverpool. <laughs> so I, I, can't e I can't even look at Don now after his uh, statement so, of the day. Let, let me just, just get this just straight. Confirm, because let, people yeah, may let, 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 yeah. let, Don, let me just say, people who might not have seen the show, uh, Don said there was no way that McAllister of Brighton would get into the Liverpool starting 11. This weekend. Now. Now. No. Strongest. Yes. <laughs> so are you guys judging Alexi McAllister off the back of, what, five World Cup games? Is that what you're judging him on? You're judging, you're judging form on five games. He's oh, well terrible that we are well. watching a Don, isn't he? Yeah, it's been okay with Brighton <laughs> as well. I'm, I'm, ju I'm judging Fabinho and Jordan Henderson, Thiago, over the body of their work they've done for years. I'm not <sighs> just judging them. That's got nothing to do with the game at the weekend. You can't say that. What's that got to do with the game at the weekend? Yeah, Kevin Keane is still a good I'm player. Zero. <laughs> Zero. Uh, who do you uh, enjoy watching outside the Premier League? Shaka Hislop. Lionel Messi. Oh, really? Yeah. Now, now he's your goat and everything. That's right. Bring him yeah. up all yeah. the time. That's right. Oh, yeah. I was just leading back. But he only enjoy. did it at the World Cup. <laughs> Don says he wouldn't yeah. get it. <laughs> just for five yeah. games. Rubbish. He, he wouldn't play for games. No chance to play for He wouldn't get in there. <laughs> Stephen, who do you enjoy Never watching? Never heard of him. I think. Do you know who I do like watching? I think he's funny. Thomas Muller. Oh. 
He just doesn't oh, look like a football player. Prefer, just for but he's always scoring, he's always yeah. assisting. Yes. He's always he's always at defenders. He's, he's always got joking. Jokes. Eleven goals. Aye. Yeah. Aye, I just enjoy watching him. There we are. Aye. Oh, nice. Aye. Jan, nice. who would you rather yes. win the league? City because of Haaland or Arsenal because of Odegaard? Oh, oh that, that is a tough one. Uh, I would obviously, as a small country we are, we are very proud of our two superstars uh, in the uh, in the Premier League. I'm trying to how, how to yes, get speech. away from this. Come uh, on, nah. yeah, come on, come on, Jan, come on. Oh, I yeah. would like, yeah, I would like the other Norwegian Elionusi at uh, Southampton to win the league. No, no, come on. Arsenal City. Rubbish. No, I can't, I can't say that. I mean, as a kid, they're supporting me. I still do support Leeds. Oh, really? No, no chance. Hey, well, McAllister, shut up. McAllister, shut up. Forget the players, Jan. Would you rather set your Arsenal on it? Forget, yeah, that's forget it. The forget it. Yeah. No, I couldn't tell you. I couldn't tell. I don't care who wins. Doesn't your son show. support Arsenal? Would you not like to see him happy? So you always agree with your son and your father? Well done, Dan. Well done. No uh, chance. <laughs> No chance. I can't tell you. Why? I can't. Yeah, why, so what's why, the point of having I, him on, Dan? I, I, Get him I, off. I don't care. <laughs> I, 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 I don't Get care who wins the league. I don't care. Get him off. I'm doing both. I'm doing. I'm doing both teams this weekend. I can't say that. Well, disappointed. Yeah, we're disappointed. To be honest. Yeah. Are you disappointed? Who do you want to win, Dan? Uh, I would like Manchester City because my son supports Manchester City. Because I have oh. love in my heart, yeah. Oh, okay, yeah. Oh, okay. For Don, okay. I, I know you're a huge fan, but how good was Victor Osman to, oh, today? Oh, oh God. God. <laughs> oh, 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 again. Oh, goodness. Oh. Where should he go, Don? I mean, it, it, it's funny, Dan, tonight, and, and I promise you this is not a dig. I promise Man United fans, I promise, I promise it's not a dig. But on the night that he scores two, and on the night where he tore Juve defenders to shreds, Man United spent 2.6 million on Wout Veghorst. That tells you What's where United that? are at. That's the, that's the sort of player, if they are doubly serious, if they want to win the league again, that's the sort of player they should be spending £150 million on. But they, they wouldn't get him now, would they, Don? They wouldn't get him today. No, 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 because no, no, they haven't got the money. No, no, they, no they haven't got their money. They're, they're, a billion, they're a billion pound in debt and Napoli wouldn't let him go, but maybe in the summer. But if someone's serious, and maybe, hey, listen, if Napoli win the league, you know, he stays there. But honestly, I mean, I know we have a little bit of fun, but I promise you, I promise you, lads, the lad is world class. He plays the game. Like no other centre forward. Like we've this. seen him. No, we, we've seen him. What is your disagree with? We've seen him. Why are Man United not signing him? Because Why are Liverpool not, not signing him? Why would Napoli sell him in January when they're top of the league? I'm, I'm not saying they are. I'm not saying John. they will. I'm just saying, if I love him and you love him, why is Jurgen Klopp not signing him before New Year's? Why is Ten Hag not signing him? The kid's a world beater. Is this the same man who said that I should go home? Don Hutchison, you had it. Yeah. <laughs> Mate, honestly. Yeah. He's the best number nine in world football. Oh, yeah, but Manchester United no. wouldn't get him now. <laughs> so if you're picking they, a team they, tomorrow, I know they won't get him now. Well, no, I'm, I'm not, not saying they him now. I'm not <laughs> saying that. Not if, you're pick, if you're picking a team tomorrow, you're not picking Haaland. You're picking Ozzyman. I'll put McAllister in. 
No, 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 it's a good question, no. Don. Who are you picking? Are you picking Harland? a team tomorrow? Or are you picking Osimhen and Haaland? Tomorrow. Just Go tomorrow. Home. Go yeah. home. Tomorrow. <laughs> Oh, nasty question, Stevie. Nasty question. <laughs> nasty. I thought it was a horrible question. <laughs> you set yourself up, Don. You uh, set yourself up for that. Sorry, Don. He's not really. Uh, Shaka, what's more surprising, Newcastle being third or Fulham being sixth? Oh. Fulham being sixth. Yeah. If we ask mm-hmm. if we judge it from the start of the season, I just thought Newcastle were very good in the second half of last season. I thought Fulham were going straight back down. Well, before the ball was kicked, would anybody have thought that Newcastle would be sitting third now? Ahead of Chelsea and Nobody would have thought Liverpool. Fulham would be sitting sixth. Fulham either. being sixth is it, it no, is, no, I know it's great. It, it, it's it's the comparison, isn't it? Yeah. 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 Well, I think you probably changed your mind, though. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So. Yeah. Because yeah. that's, that's European. That's a European sport, right? Ah, uh, yes. Yeah, it is. Yeah. All right. I'll go with Fulham. You're yeah, right. Fulham. Yeah. Fulham. Are you going to give us an answer this yeah. time, Jan? Yeah, yeah I, I went to the first game of the season when they played Liverpool. I was so impressed by, by Fulham and everybody said, oh, we're not ready for, for the season. And Silva was saying, I, I'm not ready. I mean, what a fantastic performance they've had. That Newcastle, Newcastle is third is, is surprisingly, but it's, it's, it's great to see that uh, they have built more a club than just buying players for the fun of it. And that's, that, that I do like, even as oh, a it's former It's nice Boro to see Young getting off the fence there for a change. Oh. <laughs> oh, 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 is that Don Hutchinson who is, who's even, he's so much fan of this Napoli striker as he's talking like an Italian, have you seen that? He's doing like this with his talk. <laughs> uh, uh, oh dear. Stevie, oh. Stevie. Oh, sorry. What former teammate was the best for oh. a night out? Oh. Whoa. I know this Easy. wasn't something you partook in very often. See, <laughs> you couldn't pick. I couldn't pick one. Okay, who's on the? Well, because uh, there was probably who's the gold so, standard. So basically, he was. Yeah. Basically, <laughs> normally there's like one or two who are left at the end. Ah uh, yes. But we always had half a dozen. And who would those at be? Least. Who would those be? Oh. Well, Roshi was always there. Right. Me. (laughs) 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 Brucey. Okay. I'll I'll pick Brucey. Okay, Brucey. Well, the thing is, Brucey had a routine. Okay. And so it was always entertaining because we've seen all his tricks and all his stuff and all this stuff. Yes. But then, of course, we'd be like, everywhere we went, he was performing, wasn't he? So what sort of Every routine bar? are we talking? Well, oh, it's like... Like stories? Napkin, Stevie. The napkin in the bottle. Yeah, what was that one? It was the one so with a coin. So, Dan, he used to... the one with a coin. Yeah, he, he, used to put, he used to put the cork in a wine bottle and he used to yeah. push the cork all the way through the wine bottle and yes. then say to anyone, I'll give you 50 quid if you can get the cork out of the wine bottle. And you're, you've got it upside down, you're putting water in, you, try, you you couldn't do it. He would fold, like origami, he would fold his napkin, and he would fold his napkin and somehow squeeze the napkin underneath <laughs> or inside the wine bottle and, and pull the cork through. Oh, He's oh. He, used to come in, he used to come in a bar with a pint of lager and he used to go like this. 
Whose is this pint? And I used to go like that, round and round and round and go, <laughs> and not spill a drop. Oh. It had the millions on fire. Though. Oh, yeah, <laughs> but it was just funny. Jack, as a goalkeeper, could you do any of those tricks? <laughs> I, I, I'll you do try later. <laughs> Who was your best person to go for a night out with? I've never been in a night out, Dan. Mike York, I imagine, would get. I don't know what you're talking about, Dan. Quite the adventure. I don't know what you're talking about, Dan. Another fence. No idea, Dan. <laughs> Dwight York or Brian Lara? I don't know what you're talking about, Dan. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, best night, I'm not sure, but his funniest was John Moncur, who played for West Ham. I played with him in, uh, in, in Swindon. Jack is laughing you, like he knows. Yeah. yeah. And, and yeah. I, I, went for, I went for my first training camp in Finland, and uh, four bo uh, the boys were out, and John Moncur was one of them, of course. He was the leader of the gang. And they came down, and they've all swapped clothes. And I asked them why. Yeah, because they had a fight with a Finn, and they thought they had killed him. So they thought if the police came and they, they brought some witnesses, they would never recognize them. Obviously, he was not killed as Finn. <laughs> but Obviously, also, he's not that, dead. Yeah. Let's just reiterate he's, that. He's fact. not dead. But I mean, that, that was John Moncur. He had all kind of ideas in his head. Uh, so I think I'll have to pick him. Good. CSI. Neil Rodgers up there, Dan. Uh, Don? Uh, Dan, Neil Ruddock's up there. Neil Ruddock. Neil Ruddock. Wow. Oh, I tried. I've, I've oh, Stevie, now well, Stevie's phone's enough. going off. <laughs> His dog Myself called. and Neil Ruddock share the same birthday, <laughs> May the 9th. You, you had to say that. <laughs> oh, it's my fault your phone went off. Well, it was on because I was checking on Haggis. Right. And I forgot to turn it off. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Don. <laughs> now, I'm saying, me and, me, and, uh, me and Neil Ruddock share the same birthday, May the 9th. So we've ended up in a bar in Liverpool, Blue Bar, on the Arbor Dock, and he bought a bottle of absinthe, and me oh. and Razor tried to drink a bottle of absinthe once. Worst wow. idea I've ever done, ever okay. tried. Don't um, try it at home. Yes, again, with Don, idea. Go against any of that. But Don, uh, let's, but Don let, let's move, move on. We're going to move on because uh, okay. we're almost done. Okay. Uh, rank these post-World Cup buys. James Rodriguez in 2014. Elad Diouf in 2002, Shaka Hislop in 2006. Oh, that, was, that was an awful Shaka Hislop. He had a shocker, didn't he? Yeah, that was awful, mate. That was when he was old. He played two games at FC Dallas. More than two. Could have been more than two. Oh, 2006? Yeah, 2006. Yeah. Uh, James Rodriguez or Elad Diouf, Stevie? I'd probably go for Hazard Juth because he might not have scored a lot of goals, but I'll tell you what, he didn't have upset the opposition. Right. Whereas Hamas just didn't really do anything. Right. He'd have the odd game where he'd do something and you go, wow. Yeah. But other than that, he didn't know he was there. He always knew Hazard Juth was on the field because he was either putting the ball in there or yes. he was causing some sort of, causing some sort of problem. Ruckus. With the some ruckus. Some Correct. Uh, Don? Pass. Pass. I, li I, lit oh. I literally can't remember where those three boys were at that okay. period of time. All right, Tom. No, well, there we are. Because you were because you were drinking that bottle with Neil Ruddock. That's uh, why. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I lost four that, years of my life. I, I, I think that's. <laughs> I think that's a very good moment to say thank you very much to everybody. <laughs> ESPN FC is back on your screens tomorrow. We're reflecting on the Manchester derby, of course, plus looking ahead to the Spanish Super Cup between Real Madrid and Barcelona. 
ESPN Tournament Challenge is here. And guess what? I'm doing my bracket right now. Making picks, predicting upsets, winning my bracket group, and leaving my old life as a part-time voice actor behind. Hey, you never know. And if I can do it while recording this awesome commercial, you can too. Anyone can bracket. Download the ESPN Tournament Challenge app to play the number one bracket game. Presented by Capital One.